0: What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are in quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and we are continuing Horror in Review Part 3. We have done it three years in a row. Year one, we did the best all-time horror movies. Year two, we did what we thought were the scariest movies of all time. And then now in year three, we are taking it to another subgenre, and that is alien and space horror and review. So super excited to do this review series. Uh, at the end of the month, I will be doing a top ten. I don't, I don't really know how it's going to work. I, I, I'm thinking, which will be very interesting, of doing a top bottom ten of. The uh, the movies that we've watched, so like the top five would obviously be the best movies, and then from six until ten would be the worst movies. I think it'd be very interesting, and I think it would be a, uh, a little change of pace, a little experimentation for the podcast. On top of that, and then also, I mean, we have Alien and space movies that are like so bad they're good. So I think that'd be a great little uh, little little thing to do for that. But in week one, I reviewed Event. Horizon, absolutely love that movie. Next up, and that is today's review, Super 8, which we are going to talk about the the horror genre a lot with this one. Okay. So just just bear with me. I know you're probably rolling your eyes. That's not a horror movie. Just 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 sit there and, and just bear with me. Okay. And then next week, or oh, let me rephrase that. This week, also, Patreon is getting a Patreon-exclusive review of Cloverfield. So if you want that review, go to patreon.com slash twogame. That is the number two supporters at the 5 or $20 tier, and you get access to these bonus episodes, which are only available to Patreon supporters. Uh, so I'll be doing Cloverfield this week. Next week, the uh, the next uh, public free version of this series will be of Signs, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan Madindong, uh director. Uh, I have not seen that movie in a very, very, very long time. Used to absolutely love it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping my critical eye does not ruin that movie for me, uh, but we shall see. And then after that, we got The Thing and Sunshine. Sunshine will be a Patreon-exclusive review. But The Thing will be the last movie that I review for free for the public uh, that everybody can get. And I'm very, very much excited to review that movie for the first time. I've seen it once before, so I loved it. So I don't know how uh, a second viewing is going to change my mind, whether it's good or bad. But that's enough of that shit. Let's jump into Super 8. Let's jump into the plot and fun facts. During the summer of 1979, a group of friends, uh, Super 8, I might say, witness a train crash and investigate subsequent unexplained events in their small town. It was directed by J.J. Abrams, who has directed Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, Mission Impossible 3, and Star Wars Episodes 7 and 9. This had a budget of $50 million and it grows worldwide $260 million. You know, this movie look. I don't, I don't want to jump too much into my review, but this movie looks fucking good for $50 million. Like, really, really good. Uh, it stars Elle Fanning, Kyle Chandler, and Joel Courtney. It has a runtime of 1 hour and 52 minutes. And it was released June tenth, two 2011. Jumping into the fun facts, approximately 5,000... 5,000... I can't fucking talk. 5,000 children were auditioned for the main parts. Uh JJ Abrams said this film paid homage to the producer of the film, Steven Spielberg, and his films of the 1970s. Specifically, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T., and The Goonies. And then the uh the moving train that, you know, crashed in the movie. Was completely computer generated, but in the shots of the kids walking among the, the wrecked cars, the wrecked cars were actually there. Those are actually legit. And then this is JJ uh, Abrams' first original feature that was not a remake or a reboot of a uh, of a series. So the first thing that we have to talk about is whether or not this deserved or should have been included in horror and review. Is this a horror movie? Is this a alien movie? Is this a creature feature? Is this even in the the subgenre of horror whatsoever? Is this just a sci-fi movie? So I think if if I'm arguing with another person and they're sitting let's let's use let's use Carmen as an example. She's sitting over across the table for me and she says, "This is not a horror movie. This is a sci-fi movie. This is a creature feature." Honestly, I probably could not talk her off that ledge. I, I don't have enough evidence here to support my theory that it is a horror movie because honestly, there are very, very minimal horror elements and vibes in this movie. There's a couple of, of scenes that definitely has some horror tropes, some horror vibes, but the overall movie itself is, is more of a sci-fi movie. Like, this is E.T. E.T. and The Goonies are the two biggest movies that I got uh, influences from. I've never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, so I can't comment on that movie. But I did get uh, uh, some of those vibes from those movies. And look, all in all, you know, when I said the fun fact was J.J. Abrams really paid homage to Steven Spielberg, this 100% looks like a Steven Spielberg movie. 100% you almost think that Steven Spielberg made the movie. It's, it's kind of crazy how how he was able to do that and kind of copy, or I guess copy is probably a strong word, but mimic a Steven Spielberg movie. But overall, I don't think this is a horror movie. I think it's just a sci-fi adventure movie. But there is an alien in it, okay? 100%, that is an alien. Now, at first, you think... Maybe it's just a creature, but he does get in a spaceship, and he does leave Earth. So, to me, that 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 is alien, okay? That is, that is 100% alien. So, am I upset that I had to review this movie for horror interview? Am I upset that I wasted a, a spot for this movie? No, because at the end of the day, it does have some alien influences in it. Not the movie, like, just aliens in it. And it does have the space... I mean, it has some of the it checks off some of the boxes. Okay. The one thing it does not check off is being a horror movie through and through. And that is gonna be the biggest thing that holds it back from being included in I, I know my top ten for Alien and Space Horror. Well, I mean, whether Carmen sees it that way, I don't know. But for me personally, I, I I'm gonna have a hard time including it in my horror rankings just because there's just not enough there from the horror genre to to be able, for me to think that it, it should be included amongst, you know, some of the other great horror movies that we have reviewed on this channel. But nonetheless, it is an alien movie, and nonetheless, there are some horror vibes sporadically, very, very minimal vibes throughout. Now, as for the movie itself, I love this movie. I I think it's a great movie. I think it is definitely a movie that a family could watch. Um, I I mean, you look at Steven Spielberg movies. Generally, those are are movies that are made for families. Those are blockbuster style movies, and you can definitely get that blockbuster feel to it. But then again, is that just you know the Spielberg talking inside this movie? Right. So overall, I really do. Love this movie. I, I think some of the things that they do in the movie are great. Um, the child actors, for the most part, they did good. Um, I, I think the 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 main MVPs, L. Fanning and Joel Courtney, they did they did great. I mean, they sold that relationship. They sold their their characters, and they brought a lot of depth to them and made me care about them. Honestly, now once you get past those two. Then you start getting into some of the kid actors are just kind of just there to support them, right? They're not really in-depth characters. They're not really three-dimensional characters whatsoever. They're just there to to further the plot in terms of the, the Goonie style. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The Goonie style aspect of the movie, right? So once you get past the two main child actors... Yeah, the movie does kind of fall off a little bit, okay? They they do make it uh there's they do make it more story based more than anything. You know, this isn't like a Quentin Tarantino movie where this is this is a bunch of characters in a dialogue heavy movie and no story, okay? This is heavy heavy story. There's a lot of I wouldn't even say a lot of mythology. There there is some mythology there in terms of what the uh, the actual alien is. And what it's there for and whatnot. They briefly go over all that. But honestly, this movie overall is about loss and and grief. And, and dealing with that from the perspective of... I, mean, I don't know how old they are. But from a child's perspective. Okay? And I thought they did that really well. Because you're, you're dealing with loss on multiple levels. You have the dad who is dealing with the loss of his wife. And they even mention it in the movie that... I don't know how he's going to handle being a father. I mean, he's he's gone all the time, right? So he's having to deal with that and then also gaining new responsibility on top of that. And then you have Elle Fanning who is dealing with basically not the loss of her father but because he didn't die. But he still feels responsible for the accident that happened in this movie. So he has fallen off the deep end and she has essentially lost him as well. And then you have Joe, who, to me, is the star of the movie. That is a 100% a three-dimensional character, 100% uh, has an arc. I, I love that character, and you just you got to root for him, you know? Like, I thought the acting was great. I thought the the overall story and development of that character was, was great. And then the relationship that he has with Elle Fanning and her character Alice in the movie— I thought was written very, very well. And honestly, that is what kind of carries the entire movie. They they put so much on the shoulders of those two characters. It, it's kind of crazy how well the movie works just based off of them being the MVPs. I mean, let's be honest. You take those two characters out and it's just a creature feature slash alien movie. And they're doing the exact same thing, just two less characters. The movie doesn't work like at all. The movie does not work, and that's why I think the relationship between them two really carries the movie. But Joe is dealing with the loss of his mother, and I think that really makes a complete arc at the very end of the movie when we see Joe kind of clinging to his mother's necklace, which they, they made sure that you knew that that necklace was important throughout the entire movie, which was a great job on that part, okay? It wasn't just like a one-time thing, and they had the ending. No, they they pushed that necklace to the forefront multiple times over the course of the entire movie. And while, yes, it's sad throughout the movie, you're like, damn, dude, dude lost his mother, man. He just got a necklace and, and whatnot. But then that moment where he is clinging to that necklace, you know, all the metal is going up to the spaceship, and he's just sitting there, and the camera just just stays on him. And he's just contemplating, I, I don't want my necklace to be gone. I, I'm never going to see my mother again if, if I do this. I mean, just think about all the things that would cross the mind of a child. And that's basically what he's thinking at that point. And they keep that shot on him for an extended period of time. And I think it 100% works for me. He eventually lets it go. And to me, that completes the arc. Completes the arc right there because that that's when we know he has let go and he is moving on with his life. He is saying goodbye to his mom, and again, this entire movie is all about loss, grief, and and how you deal with that loss. Right. So I, I thought that was the best part of the entire movie. Honestly, I probably would have given it a three point five if they didn't really nail that arc at the very end. To me, that is the best mo- moment of the entire movie was him holding on to that necklace and then finally letting go. That, that shit really hits you in the feels. Okay. As a parent, I don't know if that just hit me harder because I saw this movie back in 2011, way before I became, became a parent. So I don't know if I, I don't remember having those same feelings about the ending that I do now. So, it could be the parent in me talking. I don't know, but it definitely hit me in the feels. It 100% works for me that ending. But to talk about some of the other things in the movie, uh, I thought the acting was a little uneven, but especially from the uh, the kid the kid actors. I-, I thought they did a decent job. But you know what, kid actors they're either really good or they're they're not good at all. Okay, but I, I thought they did a decent job. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm scrambling to find them in other movies or anything like that but the big thing is the Goonies style feel to the movie which is great okay I love the Goonies and I love any type type of media you know TV show movie whatever that tries to emulate the Goonies in any form or fashion Okay, I absolutely love it, and I'm 100% there for it normally, and I I dig it here. I loved how they have these, these kids kind of going back and forth. Just, I mean, just like a traditional, you know, group of kids. They just throw in digs at each other every five seconds, and I love that. And I thought they did a great job of doing that here. And the other big thing with the movie is it looks incredible. You know, this is 11 years later. I think the movie still looks great. The train sequence, eh, a little iffy here and there, but it does not take you out of the movie whatsoever. I thought the CGI really, really holds up. And then granted, they didn't—they didn't really need a whole lot of CGI in the movie. I mean, we had the train sequence and then the shots of the alien and whatnot. So, I mean, other than that, not a whole lot of CGI was needed in the movie. But the CGI that is there is great, and I think it does hold up a lot to this date. Um, now, am I saying it's perfect? No, it's it's noticeable that it's it's old CGI. But for the most part, I think the overall movie just looks fantastic. I think the cinematography is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, we do have that trademark JJ Abrams uh, screen flare in this movie. It gets a little heavy-handed at times. Like, bruh, can we just? Can we dial that back a little bit? I kind of compare it to uh, Zack Snyder and his slow motion. Like, bro, if you would just do like 75% less slow motion, or in this case, 75% less screen flare, I think that makes the movie better, honestly. And that was my biggest critique of Zack Snyder's Justice League was you could have trimmed 30 minutes off this shit by just getting rid of the slow motion. So, I, I I do think the the screen fair is a little little heavy handed in the movie, but it does add a little, nice little touch to it. Okay, it, it feels old when when they add that little little screen flare in there. But overall, guys, I I love the movie. I give it four stars. I think it's great. I think it's worth watching. The issue is, I don't think it's a horror movie at the end of the day, and I probably will not include this in my ranking. So if you're listening to that episode, the top 10 episode at the end of the month, and you don't notice me talk about that movie at all, that is why. Because I, I just don't feel like it It meets the criteria to be included in my rankings. Now, if I get to the point where I can't really come up with five, then maybe I throw in that movie. I don't know. It, it, would, be, it would be fucked up if I do that. But needless to say, this movie is not a horror movie. It's more of a sci-fi adventure movie with some uh, heavy, heavy Steven Spielberg influences. So if that entices you, if that intrigues you and, and gets you all excited, then you need to go see this movie. I was I had already had the movie. I, I haven't seen it since I bought it back in like 2011, 2012, whenever the, the actual DVD came out. I want to say I watched it once on DVD, and I haven't seen it since. But this was a great rewatch. And I think it is definitely worth going to check out. Um, I wanna say it was like 13 bucks on voodoo and digitally. Eh, try to get under ten dollars. Okay, thirteen dollars is a little a little much, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed in paying for that that much, but try to get it under ten dollars. But uh, at thirteen dollars, it's not a bad price. You could you could do much worse. After that, don't don't pay any more than than thirteen bucks. But, guys, that is going to be it for me. I appreciate y'all joining me for this review, and I will catch y'all next week on another episode. Laters.